Welcome to the BCS Podcast, where we explore the basics of computer science concepts. I'm your host, Saran, founder of Code Newbie. And I'm Vaidehi Joshi, author and developer. And she is the brilliant mind behind the BCS blog series. Today, we're talking about speeding up the traveling salesman problem, which we decided last time is the traveling salesperson problem. That's right, the traveling salesperson problem. This season of BCS is brought to you by Dev Discuss. Dev Discuss is a show I work on with the team at Dev, an international supportive community for developers. The show addresses the many burning topics that pop up on Dev every day and is hosted by Jess Lee and Ben Halpert, two of Dev's co-founders. Past episodes have included unpopular opinions with Kelsey Hightower, staff developer advocate at Google Cloud and a legendary voice in tech. So an unpopular opinion should be like, Computers were a mistake. Was <laughs> was this all worth it? And how changing your name is a difficult, unsolved, and sometimes personally devastating problem in tech. I basically walk through this world, through this minefield of not knowing when I'm going to have this like sort of deep emotional wound reopened. As well as how little-known tools can have big productivity gains. And I think it gives me the sense of structure, which I really enjoy, and also... You can color code different things. Each episode features interesting guests from diverse backgrounds who are active in the software space. This podcast is your place for burning tech questions, answers, and genuine conversations. And we also end each episode with commentary from the everyday developers who call Dev home. You'd be surprised how many things making music and coding have in common. True to the Dev community, Dev Discuss wouldn't be possible without the input from all of you. So listen, rate, and subscribe to Dev Discuss wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so let's do a quick recap. What is this problem about? In its essence, the traveling salesperson problem is really just a graph problem. And the issue we're trying to solve is that we have a salesperson and four cities, and they're trying to figure out the most efficient, the least costly way of going and visiting every single one of these cities but ending back at the same place they started from. And so we can think about that as nodes in a graph. And so the graph problem aspect of this is basically visiting every single vertex in the graph only once and then ending back at the vertex that we started at. So we had this one salesperson, four cities, and we were able to find the shortest path by just brute forcing it, right? We used recursion. And honestly, it seemed pretty straightforward. But this episode is about speeding up the problem, which I guess means that the way we did it was not very efficient. This is accurate. Uh, (laughs) It was a good way to begin, but it's worth noting that We had four cities that we were trying to visit, but in order to, like, list out all of the possible paths, which is the approach we took, Mm -hmm. we basically ended up looking at six paths for four cities total. That doesn't seem too bad. Yes. But imagine if instead of four cities, we had five cities. Mm -hmm. The problem with this is, we won't do this in this episode, thankfully, but If we were to add another city, if we were going to list out all the possible permutations of all the paths we could take, that would be 24 different paths, which is like all of a sudden things are way, 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 way worse. And actually this like pattern of how many permutations, how many possible paths we have to take as our number of cities, as our input grows, Mm -hmm. it's actually factorial time or O of N 
exclamation point. Huh. And it is not good. It is very, very bad. It's it's worse <laughs> than exponential time. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yeah. So we picked like a simple enough example in the last episode, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And we still didn't even really list all of the pads. We sort of focused on one or two just because yeah, it's so hard time. to do when you're recording it and you don't have a visual. You, listing it all can be confusing. But like mm-hmm. imagine if we had five cities and then we were doing 24 pads. It's just like Oof. it's not great. Okay. So the way that we did that problem, the way we brute forced it is we started with our W and then we said, cool, we've got three other nodes we could go to X, Y, and Z. And then we visited each node and then we said, okay, where can we go to next? And we basically started at the top and then we kind of worked our way down. So what process are we going to use for the not brute forced way? Are we going to follow the same pattern? Are we doing something different? We're going to take a different approach to solving this problem. And I think it's worth mentioning before we get into it that we actually looked at these two different approaches in a previous episode about dynamic programming. I can't remember what season. I feel like it was the last season, season eight. But we are learning about different approaches to algorithm design and the different design paradigms. And we learned about dynamic programming and the different approaches you can take. And it turns out the approach we took last time, previous episode, where we started with one complex problem and then broke it down into the smaller subproblems, mm-hmm. that was the top-down approach. And that was what we used in our brute force version of this. Right. And that's fine, but as we saw, there are some drawbacks to it. So we know of another approach from our knowledge about dynamic programming. And that Mm -hmm. one is the opposite. It's the bottom up approach. So Mm. what we can do today is flip it on its head. And instead of doing top down, we'll do bottom up. Okay. If I remember that tree correctly, we started with W, we went down XYZ, then we went down to all those different paths, but ultimately all the paths ended back at W. So if we do bottom up, are we kind of still starting at W? Well, if you're doing bottom up in this scenario, I think what we need to think about it as is the smallest possible problem that we're trying to solve, not so much a specific node. Because what we were Mm. trying to do last time is we took the node that we were starting with and then we are enumerating all the paths and we had the hard problem of how do I get from W back to W and go through all the nodes in the process. In this situation, we sort of need to shift our paradigm to go from focusing on the nodes and enumerating the paths to instead focusing on the function calls, which is a little weird to think about, but Mm, mm -hmm. that's why it's better to talk about top first first instead of bottom up because this is like a very different way of thinking about the problem. Okay, so you said we're going to focus on the smallest problem. And I guess from that perspective, the node W isn't really the problem. That's just the node. So I guess the most bottom problem is getting to that W. And there are three ways that we could get to that W. We could get to the W from X, from Y, and from Z. So is that where we'd begin? Yeah. And those are actually those simplest function calls. So those are the most basic versions, the simplest versions of those function calls that we can have in order to get to our ending node. That's why we'll start with the simple function calls and keep track of their distance to the ending node W, because that is where Mm -hmm. we eventually want to go. But really, we don't care about W because we know the distance to get there is zero. We care about 
the way that we're getting to W or the Mm -hmm. function call that could get us to W, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So if we say that we can go from X to W, we can go from Y to W, and then finally we can go from Z to W, there is a cost to actually getting to W. So we would want to keep track of that. So it sounds like if I want to see how much does it cost me to get from my X to my W, I can use that adjacency matrix again, right? We can definitely use it. We already know the lookup time of that is pretty Mm -hmm. good. And we used it last time. So we can refer to that again to figure out the edges and the weights associated with each one as we work through all these function calls. So I use my adjacency matrix and I see that XW costs us six, YW costs one, and ZW costs us three. Okay, now what do I do? So what these three function calls represent are the smallest or the simplest function calls that can terminate at our starting node W. And the weight that you just read out for each of them is the cost that it takes to get to W. But these are the smallest possible subproblems. The next thing we need to do is figure out how do we get to any of these three nodes, right? Because we're trying to figure out which function calls call these nodes, or not nodes, functions, I guess. It's very mm-hmm. hard to not call them nodes, it's, but it's important <laughs> yeah. to think of them as functions. Yes. So basically what we have to do is we're going to have to keep track of the distance between all of these different nodes as we build up our bottom up approach. So Mm -hmm. we're basically going to build a tree, but instead of one root node W and then Mm -hmm. enumerating all the paths from it, instead of that, we're going to start with our three function calls that can get us to W. So there's three possible paths to W. So we'll start with those three. And they're sort of like three root nodes, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is a little (laughs) weird to think about because it's that's not really how trees work. But if we think about like those three possible function calls can get us to W, The next question we want to ask is, okay, well, which function calls can get us to X? Which ones can get us to Y? Which ones can get us to Z? Because we're trying to figure out how to get there. Just like we figured out the way to get to W is through X, Y, Z. We need to, for each of those problems, figure out what are the ways to get to X and then Y and then Z. Okay, so I remember when we did the traveling salesperson problem last episode, we were keeping track of, I think it was the nodes that we had left to visit. Mm-hmm. Are we keeping track of anything? I know we're not really thinking about it in terms of nodes, we're thinking about it in terms of function calls, but are we keeping track of anything like that for this bottoms up approach? We are. And I'm glad you said that it's function calls, not nodes, because really what we're keeping track of is the function call that we would call next, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So in the case of X, Y, and Z, our three weird root nodes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you imagine this as a tree, those are the simplest function calls that can get us to W. So there's nothing really that you would call next. So because that's sort of like our base problem, right? the simple sub problem. So because those three subproblems don't really have anywhere else to go. The next place is W. That's that's sort of it. Each of those subproblems would have a list, but it would be empty because there's nowhere to go. That's like the mm. simplest subproblem. But no you might be able function calls. Right. Yeah. Like those are the last function calls. But it's weird because we think of it as last, but really, if you're flipping it on its head, 
they're the three root nodes of this tree, so they're sort of the mm-hmm. first. Yeah. Just remember everything's backwards. That's not helpful. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would be executed last, but we're figuring it out first. Yes. Oh, I like that. There That's a great way of describing it. Yes. <laughs> so for the node X, if X was executed last, there's no other function call to call next, its list is going to be empty. But as we just learned, we can figure out the ways to get to X. And it turns out there's only two ways to get to X, Y or Z. But you might be able to guess what would be in their list. Okay, so I'm at X. So we're going to talk about the first of my pseudo root nodes. And I want to get to X from Y, which I have already figured out costs me four. Mm -hmm. Well, then that means that when I'm at Y, my next function call would be X because I'm about to go visit X. Exactly. Yeah. And similarly, if you had the same thing, like there's two ways to get to X, right? One of them is Y, but the other Mm -hmm. one is Z. In that situation, if you're working backwards where you end at X and you came from Z, you'd need to take into account the cost of going from Z to X. And that's my number three. Yeah, exactly. And then I know that if I'm at node Z, I'm going to go to X. So in my list, I would have the function call X. That's right. Okay. So both Y and Z have the same list. Exactly. Yeah. Because we're sort of like saying, what are the ways for me to have ended up here? And so whether we go from Y to X or Z to X, both of these are representing the ways that you could have called that function. And the function that we're calling is X or the way to get to X. So that's why both Y and Z have a list that just has X in it, even Mm -hmm. though they have different costs, because both of them are going to call the function X, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Okay, so I'm assuming that the next step is figuring out how to get to Y and how to get to Z. Exactly, yes. Okay, so let's see. I am at Y. I know that I'm about to go to X. That's my next function call. So that means that in order to get to Y, I, well, I must have come from Z, right? Because that's kind of all that's left. That's right. Okay. Conveniently, there's only one option. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like this simple routing game that we've created. (laughs) Okay. So so I'm coming from Z to get to Y. I'm going to look at my adjacency matrix to see what that costs me. I see that it costs me two. And so I know that to get from Z to Y, it costs me two. So now I need to figure out what's going to be in my list at node Z. So I know that we just talked about going to Y. Mm -hmm. So in my list, I know I'm going to have my function call Y. Is that it? Or is there anything else to my list? Well, you'll remember from last week's episode that when we did the top-down approach, the list was basically the remaining nodes to visit. Mm -hmm. In this situation, it is the nodes we will visit, sort of. Okay. Uh Which basically, it's not actually nodes. I have to keep correcting myself because it's very hard to not say that, but really what <laughs> it is feel like is... nodes. <laughs> yeah, especially calls. when you think about it in a tree, it's like it's a node. But yeah. really what we're doing is we're creating a tree structure to help us visualize the possible function calls. So right. in this situation, for each function call, that list represents is the functions we will call next. So when we were at, for example, node X, Y, and Z initially, the function we'd call next is Nothing, because you basically pay whatever cost it takes to get to W, and then you're done, because we're doing this in reverse. But in order to get to X, let's say we took Y, 
we know that there's two options, actually. You could go by Z or by Y. But let's say we take Y in order to get to X. Inside of that list, we just have the next function call, which is X. But then if we go one step before that in time, basically we're at node Z because there's only three nodes, really, and we've already figured out Y and X. So the only option is Z, and that's what mm -hmm. you said earlier. So when you get to Z... Basically, what you're saying is, okay, what is the function call I'm going to call next? It's Y. And then after I call Y, I still have to call X also. Mm. So inside of Z's list, we have Y and X both because mm. you're representing all the function calls you sort of still have to do. So now that we've established that the at the node Z, we have two function calls that we're going to make. We're going to make Y. We're going to make X. We know the price we have to pay to get from Z to Y. We know the price we have to pay to get from Y to X. I feel like we kind of figured out that whole function call system. And I assume we have to do that for all the other remaining nodes, right? Yes. So what we'll end up having to do is basically take our strange function tree with three nodes, <laughs> three root nodes, if we expanded it out and basically said, for each of these possible paths, what are the functions I have to call to get here? Right. You would basically get another tree-like structure, but with those three root nodes. And you would see that you actually have some repetition. Because oh. if you enumerate it out, it'll still look like six paths. Right. But three of those paths are going to be exactly the same as three other paths. So really, we only have three unique paths. Correct. Yeah. Oh. So we have overlapping sub-problems. Okay. And that's sort of a sign that like, oh, we can use dynamic programming because, look, we already know that it's not six things we need to do. It's really three possible routes that we can take. And so we can condense our tree. And if you could imagine, like, in your mind, if the six branches of the tree if the ones that were the same sort of whoop, slid together <laughs> and suddenly you just had three root nodes that each connected to two children and then those two children both connected to one sort of base node, <laughs> mm -hmm. those could represent those repeated problems. So instead of, you know, having six branches that end, you sort of have just three that sort of come together. Right. You could imagine that, like, if you knew that there were six paths that were duplicated mm -hmm. and you just had three, we could just sort of, like, make life a little easier and just delete the repeated nodes and just have them all point to the same place. Okay. That sounds way more efficient. And the great thing is when we have repetition, we don't like repetition, right, because we're developers. We don't like to mm -hmm. repeat ourselves. We know that we can simplify things and make them a little bit cleaner. Yeah. And when we see our subproblems, we basically can just cut out our repeated work. Yeah. And we don't need to walk through the whole example because a lot of trees and nodes and it's it's hard to explain <laughs> sometimes. But it's very I, pretty though. <laughs> it's, you should definitely check out the blog post. It's a very pretty graph that Vitae created for us. Yeah. Yeah. And if you use the bottom-up approach, you end up finding out that the efficient path is exactly the same as the top-down approach, mm -hmm. but you can do it a little nicer. But the truth is, I do want to say one thing, which is that you said that it's a lot more efficient. It's not that much more efficient in reality. This is just oh, like really? a hard problem. Yeah. yeah like this okay. gives us the same results as our brute force method. So instead of we don't need to make six recursive calls and we don't need to generate a giant tree. And we could even optimize this even a little bit further 
by using memoization for mm. some of the pads. Because if you know that like the distance from Z to Y is two, you don't need to look it up all the time, right? You could memorize it. So we could still be a little bit more efficient. But really, at the end of the day, this dynamic programming approach, even though it speeds up traveling salesperson, it still runs in exponential time. But it's better, right, than our factorial? It is definitely better than factorial. And in okay. fact, this approach that we walk through today is known as the Bellman held carp algorithm. Oh. And it speeds up traveling salesperson from O of N exclamation point, which is mm -hmm. factorial, to mm -hmm. O of 2 to the power of N, N to the power of 2, which is exponential. Huh. So it's a little nicer. Okay. We still have to like build up a tree and we still need to do some calculations. I'm like, mm -hmm. as you can imagine, if we added another city, like, mm. yes, it will be a little bit more efficient, but it's not like, it's not linear. Yeah. It's not logarithmic. It's mm. definitely exponential, but it's better than factorial. There we go. That's all we can ask for is to improve, do things a little bit faster. <laughs> I'll take it. I like your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of today's show. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and make sure to check out Bidehe's blog post. Link to that is in your show notes. Also, make sure to take a listen to the Dev Discuss podcast that I help make. It's the first original podcast from Dev, a global community of software developers of all backgrounds and experience levels. And the show covers burning topics that impact the daily lives of programmers and beyond. Hosted by Dev co-founders Ben Halpern and Jess Lee. This episode was edited and mixed by Levi Sharp. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Mm -hmm.